This is an FOU Studios podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Geek XP, the show where we get some GXP to level up our knowledge. My name is Peter the Geek. In the room with me today, we have hashtag Kill Josh. That's the name. Please don't actually do it. <laughs> we also have Bill Murray. Yeah, people call me Bill Murray. That's yep. what she goes by, at least. And of, today, we have a very exciting, very special guest. She has done costume design for all kinds of things. The Rocking Dead, a show called Skin Tight, which I'm sure that the costumes were extremely awesome for that. Much Ado About Nothing, Measure for Measure, Hamlet, Richard III, Macbeth, and she was also a creative associate and dresser to the finalist on Project Runway. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Chrissy Kaler. Hey, everyone. Yeah. Welcome Hi. to the podcast. Oh. Welcome, welcome to Geek XP. Oh, you guys are the best. Thanks for having me. Of I'm course. so excited to be here. Of course, it's exciting. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Chrissy. Um. Well, I... I think I'm the ultimate slasher career as far as uh, the world of theater, film, and television goes. You know, do everything from acting, uh, directing, improv, but really wardrobe uh, as a designer, as a consultant, as a dresser is a is a big one. Done a lot of dressing, um, and so that's my career as far as my placement in the world. I watch too much television. <laughs> uh, everything from Dance Moms to Game of Thrones. So that's my spectrum of <laughs> level of television uh, I watch, uh, and all of it in between. That's so. hey, I mean, that's it, a good spectrum to have, in my opinion. I guess you know, I, I forgot to mention with some of the accolades, you had the Mercedes Benz Fashion Week oh, on your resume. I have done so many seasons of Fashion Week. So many seasons. Really? <laughs> Take me with you. Um, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's really cool. Yeah, you also have a lot of off-Broadway credits. You have Broadway Cares. Like, you've done a lot of costuming in your day. Yeah, So that's really that's really cool. It's really interesting. So Thanks. before we get too far into this discussion, I honestly think it's just about time to... Geek out! <laughs> that's right. It's time to geek out. So, Chrissy, what are we geeking out about today? Um, I absolutely would love to discuss something... Let me tell you about my experience with the Game of Thrones season six finale. Okay, this is all right. We're all, let's ready. Do this. Are we ready let's to geek this. out about let's this? Do this. Let's this do this. Is... Spoiler warning is active, I guess. So oh, very active spoilers. I got prepared. We all know we're we're we don't really know what we're going into. We're getting ready for Danny, right, to cross and to get her booty to Westeros with those dragons. And for that entire season, I watched the show with other people, but I had something going on that night, and I had to go home and watch it by myself. And as I was watching the episode, I realized I wasn't watching a character arc as much as I was realizing scene after scene how every single one of the women's costumes was dark and these wonderful, like, slate grays and blacks. And it all started with Cersei, and she looked like her dad, and it was crazy. And I ended up realizing I had to go back after the episode and rewatch it just for plot points because I was watching the arc <laughs> of all of the costumes that they were doing. And Michelle um, Clapton, who is the costume designer, 
she mentioned this months later at uh, Comic-Con, and I was geeking out, if you will, yeah. <laughs> post-show, because people are, you know, texting me, and they're going crazy. They're like, what did you think about Tyrion, and what did you think about this? I was like, I know, but did you see Danny's slate gray dress? She's never been in gray before. She's only ever been in blues and, and whites, and I was, like, losing my mind. And it was Sansa, actually, that she has always had this light, wonderful as light as the North can be as far as fabrics go. But she was for the first time in this oh, yeah. dark color. And I was like, look at this arc that, that we have. And I'm getting chills thinking about it now. It was proof that like the women have taken over Westeros. It was now like the women's <sighs> game. And I, I then had to go back and, and, and watch it. <laughs> 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 to be like, oh, yeah, now all of that also happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. Arya, but did you see her, <laughs> you know? And people were laughing because I was blowing up everybody's phone about the costumes, and they're like, right, but Danny's on a boat now. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> did you know? But did you see that <laughs> necklace? <laughs> so that was like my ultimate geek out moment. Um, I love it. Yeah, and as a costume designer, that's the best part about it is with, an, with characters, you know, the screenwriter and gets to create the arc of the character, and so does the actor get to, you know, make their choices and give the arc. But really, a costume designer also gets to be a part of that. You get to watch in so many different facets of whether it's television or film or theater, you can easily show the adjustment that a character really has with what they're wearing. So That's... I love it, I love it. So, like, legitimately, why... Um, why was the change to slate gray such a, a prominent point of like the the power taking over and everything like that too? Um, because I think with Danny, it was specific because she knew she was entering the big game, and she was ready to now be a woman of rest, Westeros. Then I forget where she was. She was coming from. From across the narrow sea. Thank you. From across yeah. the narrow sea. Where she sea, was, in Marine. Where she yeah, was yeah. yeah, she Marine, had to be yeah. in these light fabrics and these light colors. And she was also younger and trying to find her way. And when they landed in the top of season seven, when they landed on Dragonstone and you saw Dragonstone, you're like, that was inside of her this whole time. Oh, yeah. Like that color, that feeling, that dreariness almost of being. Yeah, she became a woman in that moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Essos, that's what we were thinking of, Essos. Essos, I really like the way you're talking about this because a lot of times people think about the costumes as a a way that it kind of like introduces a character very effectively. You can tell by someone wearing a kind of dark and imposing outfit that there may be a grim character or you can see uh, by someone's like color in the fabrics that they're a royal character or something like that. But from the laypersons, that's about as in-depth as we see it. But you you see the... uh, the kind of transitions in the actual character arc represented in their costumes. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's it's it's, yeah. it's wild. Yeah, it's still. I mean, what? Like, I'm all about costumes. I think it's totally fun. Um, but I have to say, I did not realize that part of the reason I started enjoying Sansa towards the end of it was because of her costume. I actually took her seriously. I was like, put down the lemon cakes, and I like, <laughs> I genuinely was like, wow, Sansa has a part in this show. At first, she was so meek, and the costume change really set it all. Now that you like point to that, I'm like. Got to rewatch that, have that moment, because I feel like I could feel that. It was cool. Right, yeah. Well, once you see her in those furs and oh, that great yeah. coat. Oh, my gosh. And, and she could be a leader. She, and the best part about that costume she wore was you could see 
how fine of a needlepoint artist she is because you can see the detail of the dire wolf and it's probably the best representation of her abilities as a needle artist. You know, Arya has needle and she has her needle and she is able to show that I am a Stark and I am the Stark and I'm the Stark in Winterfell. Mm -hmm. Like nobody knew about all this John stuff, yeah, oh, yeah. right? No, no, totally. But um, <laughs> and the very first time she has that on, she actually introduces it, introduces that change of color for the women at the end of Battle of the Bastards because she's wearing it when she's on top of the hill. Oh, when yeah, 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 yeah. when Littlefinger shows up with yeah. with the entirety of the Reach's mm-hmm. army, oh, and you look funny. at her, and her hair isn't beautifully braided like it was in. Um, King's Landing and that's another thing that Sansa went through was I love the beginning of the seasons when Sansa is younger obviously but when she's a Stark so she has all of her northern um, her north gear on if you will that's very warm but then Arya and I forget what season it is she is mad at Sansa because Sansa's standing with the Lannisters and the Baratheons, yeah. and she's standing there, and she looks like Cersei, and you're like, what is she doing? Oh, yeah, you're devastated she's at that lo- point. Yeah, she's loving the fact that now she's a woman of King's Landing, because she's going to be the next queen, and right. she's Joffrey's betrothed, so like, yeah. she looks like a Lannister. That, that didn't even occur to me. Well, like I just figured she was, yeah, she was wearing King's Landing stuff. Like That's the only thing that hit me. Uh, like when I was watching it, it didn't even th- didn't even occur to me that they were like yeah her hair st- like now that I'm thinking about it, yeah the hairstyle was similar oh, yeah. and she wore a lot more um, pinks and magentas yeah. and golds and so then therefore and she wasn't even then if she was wearing when she was wearing crimson and golds she wasn't showing that she was going to be a Baratheon she was trying to be a Lannister right which you that know, turned out real well that turned out well for her <laughs> well but and then what's so crazy oh my gosh now i'm really geeking out about this oh, i yeah, never even thought it. about that's this. the entire point please, please 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 she, she's a lannister i mean she marries Tyrion, right so yeah. she becomes a lannister yeah and it's ah oh, uh, but she takes back but, that stark name so hard but like that, that makes so that transition hard. like even better yep. like so yes mm-hmm. well it's like almost it, at one point to me it almost seemed like each of the stark children were becoming like a part of, of a different house similar to in harry potter how like ron was the hufflepuff gryffindor hermione was the ravenclaw gryffindor yeah. and harry was the slytherin gryffindor it almost seemed like yeah um sansa was the lannister stark obviously uh john was the Night's Watch Stark. Like, they each Mm -hmm. had, like, their own specific. And Rob, bless his fucking soul, (laughs) was the Stark Stark of his time. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. and if you ever notice also um, the the tunic that Ned wore was... so brown. It was brown, and it was this patchwork of triangle. Do you remember this? Yeah. Anybody? yeah. It, it looked like it had like an inlay of iron throughout the entire thing. Exactly. And John went through having one of those, yeah. and now he has ditched it. And now he no longer has it. That's Guys, right. go back and watch. I'll tell you it's there. I'm like <laughs> so ready to be like, can You're you come so to my right. house and watch it with me so I can have this like <laughs> this good feeling of watching these costumes change? It's so cool. Like The needlework thing. When you were talking about that, yeah. I got chills. Because I, I, it gave her a point. It was such a big deal for her to mm-hmm. be a proper woman, learn this proper needlework. Yeah. And Arya's like, I do my own stuff. But I didn't even think about how Sansa actually became very, very good at it, and oh. actually wore it as a like a true badge of honor in the end. Like mm-hmm. this mattered, even though like it, 
Like it didn't matter to Arya. This mattered to me. And look how I can wear it with like pride. That's so cool. Well, it, it, and she like her tool became beca- yeah becoming the lady. Like it, mm-hmm. it, uh, that, that scene where she comes in Littlefinger's like looking at her. Um, at the, I think it was like two oh, seasons ew. ago or something ew, like ew, that. Ew, ew, no, but it's like she's she's in a yeah. I think she's in a black dress at that yeah. moment. And like it's yeah. like it was a total like paradigm shift when you first see her. It was like walking downstairs. I think like I remember that moment so vividly because yeah, that was her like totally like shift. taking hold of like I am. A, the Lady Stark of Winterfell, and I am going to use this. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, she also had that dark, like, like that dark moment, though. Like that dark moment that was that click, that change in her, where she, you know, uh, Bolton, Bolton, like, uh, you know, ran, did ran them nasty things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but really, that's like it, it's 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 very evident in our society today. So it's kind of cool, I guess, to see her come through that and like really change for a powerful mode, like take it as a power thing, and it yeah. was really right. cool. Yeah, and that's you know. Uh, Thinking back on it, I didn't even realize that until you mentioned this, that um, Sansa is the first one to make that shift, and it was after Bolton. Mm -hmm. And I think, I would love to go back. I never thought about this, and maybe it's somewhere in my psyche right now, realizing that when she goes back to the north, her hair color also adjusts to not only the weather, but she starts to look more like her mother. Yeah, oh, yes. she gets a much darker red. She gets a darker red. Yeah. It's rich. It's this, very rich mm-hmm. red. Yeah, and it's, oh gosh, Sansa. I used to, I used to sit there and be like, oh no, oh, no Sansa. Sansa. Remember when everyone <laughs> hated Sansa? Remember when everyone hated Sansa? She because deserve she, a wolf yeah, at she, some point. I was like, no wolf. No spine. No. She sold out her family. She got like manipulated by the Lannisters. <laughs> everyone hated Sansa. Yeah. Uh, and now she's kind of redeemed herself by reclaiming the yeah. North and turning on Littlefinger. God, oh she did God. so much great good stuff. That, like, oh my, like she was in my, like one of my, she was probably my favorite part of the, the, the new, the latest season. Oh, like, my God. Easily yeah. because oh, yeah. of everything she mm-hmm. was doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so strong. I, 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 so I, cool. I hated almost every scene she did with Arya, where they were acting like they were about to like have a war that, between oh, them. That yeah. was yeah. the writing, though. I do have to say that was the writing. I think that was as well. But having grown up with a sister, every scene felt so right, even though we weren't fighting about land and our dad. You know yeah. that sort of situation, but I was like, no, this is what would happen with sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we've both grown over time. We've all gone off and done our things, but then we right. get back in the same room, and it's like but, we're kids again. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yes. But I mean, like, it's the reason it bothered me was because, like, we, like, I never once doubted that they were going to be on the same side at the end because the, oh, yeah. like Starks have always been about family. Like, right. I never, I never fucking doubted that. That's <laughs> that's why I say it's the mm-hmm. writing. Like I was never worried. But it's mm-hmm. also the yeah. the idea that they, I mean, it's what's frustrating for us is we saw both dark things that happened to both of them. We saw all the turmoil they went through and it's, we want yeah. them to say like, open up to each other. Right? Tell you yeah. that yeah. you both had really mm-hmm. rough things happen. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about this. Let's embrace. Let's have a moment. But they don't yeah. have time because they got to get shit done. They're busy ladies yeah, now. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. It's... It's also, you don't show your feelings. <laughs> no feelings in Game of Thrones. Come Otherwise, on. your head comes off. Otherwise, <laughs> you end up having sex with your aunt. Oh, true, true that. <laughs> having kids, having kids with them. <laughs> on <Yeah>. a boat. <laughs> I'm on a boat, <laughs> motherfucker. Sorry, yeah, I'm on a so. boat on fucker. Don't you ever forget. <laughs> oh god, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I want to geek out about uh, a thing that's a little off topic. Was yes, when yes, I yes. read about um, Michelle Kaplan. Uh, uh, Kaplan, uh, can we fix that? Uh, I want to get her name right. Yeah. Michelle uh, Clapton is okay. the costume designer. She, uh, everybody, you know, because cosplay is amazing. And it's something I wish I could make money off of. 
Maybe I'll start an Etsy. <laughs> I'll right? pay you. You want to pay me? <laughs> I'll pay you for costumes. It's it's and the level of cosplay even in the last six years has grown huge, and I love yeah. I love it. Um, when they were talking all about, we now have the most iconic, one of the most iconic film um, television costumes, which is John Snow. Right, everybody oh, yeah. you. Mm-hmm. You do an impression of Jon Snow and you throw a blanket on, right? Because yeah. he's Jon Snow. <laughs> you go to Ikea. And then you, that's yeah, what you, I was going to say. And, and everybody's like, oh, did they really, where'd they get this wolf fur, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, it's a rug from Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it too. <laughs> you too can have a rug from Ikea and look like Jon Snow. And I love that. Like, And just the amount of work that goes into that show. The mm. amount of work. Um, and it's the majority of, I was reading up on it and I love that, the uh, the weaponry and the armor is made in Iceland. There's a huge HBO complex oh, in Iceland. I didn't know. Oh, and go. they that's where they build everything. Mm. Um, okay. I, the heart of a volcano. I want to I want to geek about ar- about the armor in that show for a little bit. Like, Let's do it. Like I, I, I'm you know advanced acting bad and like I do a lot of stage combat stuff. And one of the first things that stuck out to me was how they managed to make each of the different houses armor so distinct but so functionally in the same world like it's so easy to be like well we're gonna make this armor like that but they like don't look like they would like exist in the same plane of existence but for i don't i I, it's the every time i see the lannisters next to the starks is one that strikes me is because they all have these very distinct shoulder pauldrons but like that like that's what they do i mean obviously the dothraki are you know but they're on a different continent so that makes sense yeah it makes sense but like yeah the the armor is so pretty but like yeah the with uh ned stark's like leather inlay that makes sense because yeah they're in the north they're gonna have lots of furs like it's you have to polish your your steel so much the less you have it exposed the better it's gonna be for you so like that's one of the things that i i loved so much about that thought about the environment it's really cool and that's something that i absolutely love about being when i do costumes is you're so removed right there's a screen in front of you or there's the fourth wall in a theater. Yeah. And until recently, what is that, like 4D where they move your seat and they spit water on you? <laughs> yeah. I've never been because I know <laughs> I will get motion sicknesses. Oh, exactly. I hate it so oh, much. weird. I kind of like it. It is like <laughs> Josh. <laughs> you like it. Hashtag yeah. kill Josh. Hashtag kill Josh. <laughs> um, the, best, the best thing about being a costume designer is you get to give that sense of temperature. Nobody knows. Like, the set designer has a job. You know, you're in the desert, so... You've learned deserts are hot and <laughs> snow is cold. But when you're in that middle ground of King's Landing, it's what time of season, what season is it? So it's the costume designer's job to figure out winter is coming. And you've, you'll notice this past season, King's Landing people have been putting on more layers. Oh, yeah. Yes, because I it's getting cold. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did notice that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that it's snowing yet, it's not snowing yet. But it's cold. Yes, it's <laughs> I, crispness. I was going to say, I, I wanted to, mm-hmm. to bring up that uh, Game of Thrones and the costume design for that show seems a lot seems very different to me than a lot of the like a, a scripted sitcom or something like oh, yeah. that, where the the source material that uh, George R. R. Martin wrote is so extensive and contains like immaculately detailed description of a lot of these different armor designs. Yeah, uh, and so there is some kind of freedom there. But I feel like the uh, that could have been either a gift or a curse, I suppose, for the costume designers to have something they were trying to replicate so specifically or to have them go, oh, dang it, I have no idea how I'm going to make that work. Or Yeah, I was in, I remember I was in a production meeting, this was years ago, and 
I don't remember which show it was. Usually Shakespeare, because he's not very good at telling you when. (laughs) (laughs) It just kind of happens. You're like, well, you could do Romeo and Juliet in the winter, I guess, if you wanted to. But um, <laughs> that's not when love that's happens. So. But we do know when a Midsummer Night's Dream happens. Uh, we, right. That's in the, the dead of winter. <laughs> <laughs> and we also know when a winter's tale starts. Right. Those are the only two <laughs> that you... And so it's so funny as like a costume designer, sometimes I have to say, well, when? <laughs> or if you're in Maine in the summer, it's going to be different than Maine in, you know, July. Yeah. So... And yeah, that's your yeah. job yeah. to convey. And that's, you're right, about sitcoms. I always love this about sitcoms. Everybody never has a light jacket on, but the Christmas episode, they're all bundled up. Oh, it's yeah. like the funniest thing to me. There's, <laughs> no, there's no fall. There is no fall. There's no <laughs> fall. There's no fall. Maybe a nice spring, but like, it's and true. they put I, a raincoat on. Because I <laughs> never saw Chandler in a windbreaker. That's true. Never. I wanted to see him I in a windbreaker. <laughs> How I Met Your Mother was okay about it. That's like the only like sitcom kind of show that I ever religiously watched. But like, the, again, it was always like light jacket, light jacket, bundled up. Right. Light jacket, light jacket. <laughs> yeah. Not to, ju- I'm so sorry, How I Met Your Mother costume designer. We are not judging you. They <laughs> change. They change their costume designer. I think after the fourth, like four, uh, fourth or fifth season, because people didn't like the costume design that was oh. happening, and it actually got better. Season six, seven, and eight. Because it matters. Like if you what watch, you wear matters. There is a distinct difference between like season four and season six. Like it, go ahead and watch it because like the the costume designer who they took over did a much better job of encompassing the characters. That's a good point. I never thought about yeah, and it would be I I always was now thinking about it bothered by the fact that we never saw a costume arc in Marshall on that show. Like yeah. it was like he was dressing like a college kid, and then the next thing you know, he was just thrown into suits all the time. And I get it because he's coming from work and he has yeah. to wear a suit. You know, he's a lawyer now. But I also feel like he would have a nice cardigan at this point. Like, you know. He would in- try. I could also see his wife dressing him. You know, yeah, like having those moments. Ha- and she definitely did not get to do that. Oh, that's such a good point. Lily has a serious credit card problem. So, like, <laughs> why yeah. is Marshall still in the same pants he wore freshman oh, yeah. year of college? She would totally have an impact on him. Most, yeah. most wives have something to say. Exactly. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But that was a part of his boyish charm, was that he... Mm. We can we can grow up. We can grow up and get some nice fit we and slacks. We can. We can. That's what Ted did. That was actually one of the interesting ones. Is like over time you saw him go from like what I mean, basically what I'm wearing right now, which is nerd shirt, kind of apparently pearl button. Did I say pearl that right? Snaps. Yeah, yeah. Pearl, pearl, snap. snaps. pearl snaps. Pearl snaps. Apparently, I, I learned that today. I don't know what. The, apparently, I'm wearing. Pearl you have snaps. a nice. Your your shirt has a nice yoke to it uh, yeah, at the top. Apparently, mm-hmm. I'm I'm wearing some nice dark <laughs> jeans. Like, Ted wore that kind of stuff at first. But as he grew older, and then when he became a professor, he started to wear professor-like outfits. He started yeah. to wear more, like, slacks and button-ups. It was an interesting transition for him. And like, sweater and tie combo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas Barney Stinson, I mean, as, as per his character, was always in suits. I would be interested. Very to, well-fitted suits. Always very Perfect. well-fitted, Good too, that kind of thing. Tim Gunn. Oh, Tim Gunn. Tim Gunn. He was in a... Yeah, he, he was the in-universe tailor for Barney Stinson. He was. brilliant. Yeah. It was it such was a brilliant moment. It really was. Sorry, I kind of hijacked it over to How I Met Your Mother for a little bit. But. No, no, no. We can geek out about How I Met Your Mother. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know when we were talking before, you mentioned that you also kind of had a thing about Harry Potter um, costuming and stuff like that, or, am I, or was I extrapolating incorrectly? Oh, no. I love... I mean, that's one of my favorite... Uh, Tumblr memes, whatever somebody created of just the Warner Brothers symbol changing, you know, from the first one to the second one. Because we obviously went from a very 
sorry, Warner Brothers, but Disney, you know, feel, feel we, we for the, the, we had Chris Columbus, right? Um, and then just the darkness that happened. But what I always give credit to Harry Potter, as far as costumes go, is when they are in, I guess they're, you could call them civilians, I guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> with the muggle muggle a lack of clothes. In their they're muggle, muggle oh, muggle clothes. That's right. Right. They're, they're muggle yeah. garb, if you will. Trying to blend um, in. We never really had a set um, time. Everything was very realistic to uh, what the UK style is, what the Scottish style is, big sweaters, corduroys, good jeans, that sort of, you know. Mm-hmm. There was no, well, it's 2012, so Hermione's going to be wearing this. Like, there's no set, if you go back and you rewatch that, in their muggle garb. Yeah. Um, yeah. It can kind of take place almost at any point, and there's always been this weird, warm 1950s, 1960s feel to their sweaters and what they're wearing. Um, because as we know with the book, it, what, Battle it was, of Hogwarts ended in 96? Yeah, um, yeah, weird. I know, it's weird to think about that. It was it technically took place in the totally 90s. Weird. It took place yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. And so if it really took place in the 90s and they wanted to do that, be a whole different I feel like costume in, design. In, in Sorcerer's in Stone, they did have that like weird 90s vibe. Like that Harry Potter was wearing, like I think he had an awful plaid, unbuttoned down shirt for a little while, and he was always schlubby. And yeah. They like showed that well. But like as they got further, I will agree, it almost like they had this um like this American apparel thing going where they could it could be anything. They were all blank slates and yes. at any time. And that was yeah. pretty pretty cool that they made that work that way. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I mean I also appreciate that for its lack of product placement. Like no one ever yeah, zo- zoomed totally. out and be like, Oh, Harry Potter wears Chuck Taylors. He did though. He <laughs> did what? wear Chuck Taylors. No, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> no, he yeah. did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh. Prisoner of Azkaban, watch him running through that little like pumpkin field. And oh yeah. god, I just pulled that example out of nowhere. Wow, that's really too. funny. Ooh, <laughs> subliminal messaging. But see in 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 my mind, that it encompasses what the wizards are so much. Like they, they can't. Keep, the wizards aren't going to try to keep up with the fucking no, trends of the Muggle never. world. No, but they're keeping up with the trends of the wizard world. Yes, but mm-hmm. they, but the, they, they do want to make sure that they understand the Muggle outfits just enough so that they can be timeless, like you were saying. Right. I think it's a really smart choice to make it like ah, yeah, ah, make ah, it ah. You, you want your babies to watch it. Yeah, I want my babies to watch that. Yeah. exactly. Well, there's, I guess. Uh, when Arthur comes to meet Harry, J.K. gives a very dis- like ex- um, description of what he's wearing, which is this hodgepodge of muggle clothes. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he doesn't get it. Because he doesn't yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, at one point, isn't he like in sleeping pants or something like that? Which yeah. it's, I, I think... <laughs> Because he thinks there's, he likes the nerd, the nerd kingdom of like the weird outside muggle world. Exactly. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he's Ventura. Right. He's like the kind of guy that would wear sleeping pants and a leather jacket. Cause, a Hawaiian shirt. And a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt and just look like oh, he lives God. in Williamsburg. But like, oh, God. you know. Oh, yeah. He yeah. totally lives in Williamsburg. <laughs> Dude, I love Arthur. Arthur's one of my He's, favorite characters because uh, of his obsession with muggles. That's so funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, uh I mean, it, it, I, I mean, uh, qu- really quickly on that, it's kind of like how we have an obsession with, like, wizards and witches oh, and that totally. kind of thing. He's just got an obsession with muggles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he could go to MuggleCon, he would go to MuggleCon. <laughs> <laughs> he would speak at MuggleCon. Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Is MuggleCon a thing? Uh, no, but we should do it. I don't uh, know if it's a thing, but we should uh, maybe do it. That would be so I funny. So I'd be shocked if it was yeah. a thing, but yeah, that, that can be done. Yeah, <laughs> Arthur what? Weasley, oh, the God. keynote speaker. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> MuggleCon. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, there's... I also loved 
Fantastic Beasts because of that. Are we allowed to talk about Fantastic Beasts? Because I'm it's, Hufflepuff, so I love Fantastic Beasts. It's fine. I haven't it's seen great. it, but it's totally fine to it talk about. It made my brother actually care about Harry Potter because oh. Harry Potter wasn't in it. Thank God. Oh, wait, I, hold on. Spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, didn't try to, <laughs> they didn't try to shoehorn a Harry Potter subplot in. Or like they. Wait, I thought it was a prequel. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But a lesser, mo- a lesser movie would have been like, and that's why the Potters moved from, <laughs> yeah. from America back to England, where Voldemort killed them 100 years later. Yeah. So it, it, it wouldn't be like trying to put in a weird Eye of Sauron in The Hobbit, just for instance, randomly yes. for no reason? something yeah. I don't know, exactly just, like that. Pull an example crazy. off the top of my head or something uh-huh. like that. Totally, totally, totally crazy. <laughs> totally crazy idea. Uh, and I loved, what I loved about that was you had to see what 1920s wizards wore. And like they were cool. They were so cool. They were so cool. Yeah. Just like we look back on the 1920s and I'm like, I love the 1920s. Oh, yeah. It's such a good era. I wonder if... You know, all British that art- wizards dressed that cool in the 1920s. Probably not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Good point. Sorry, <laughs> sorry British wizards. Um, <laughs> They've had plenty American of time. wizards way better. Um, yeah, like they were able to do, it was like wizard garb. Art Deco. It was, it was so beautiful. It was beautiful. Though. I wanted those dresses. They were selling oh. them for a while, and they sold out like wow, oh. like that beautiful pink one they had. There was a golden black one that I just I want now. Oh. I want it. Now. I would just have like these cool like I'm trying to like make like little diamond signs. So they had like <laughs> diamonds down the front yeah. in a weird way. It was just beautiful, I gorgeous. Them. Yeah, and even um, Colin uh, Farrell's suit was fantastic oh, my yeah. goodness that suit everybody mm-hmm. looked excellent yes because he had to have that like i'm in the muggle world but i'm also a wizard in the 19 19- it was just probably my favorite costume out of that entire entire film i think was, newt, newt was, was pretty cool I'm, I'm on board for newt's commander's like little like it suited his personality yeah. so well he was very doctor who-ish i would almost say i want to i want to find out cool if that. that i can see that yeah. yeah if that's really eddie redmayne's like shoe size or did they go up like two Goofier? sizes to make him look goofy-ish yeah that's that's actually a wonderfully great question i never even thought about somebody's shoe size making them goofier and then i was like yeah i guess yeah. I guess that's how I guess that's totally true. <laughs> huh. You're such a costume designer. Jeez. Uh, I even look at shoes. <laughs> well, you know, actually, this is actually a great stopping point because we are at about half an hour. Wow. So we yeah, we've been talking for half an hour Already? about this. Jeez. Yeah. It goes oh, by so fast. It but does. that's totally fine because now we have about 10 minutes for our next segment, I guess okay. you could say. Plus 10 XP. We are gonna take about 10 minutes now. This is you've had your chance to geek out, Chrissy. Okay. This is when we get to talk to you about things that we have questions about for, for costume and stuff like um, that. Tim Gunn. I Tim. just, I want to, uh, <laughs> steal this right now. Is Tim Gunn the angel that I assume he is? Can you give me a little feedback on Tim Gunn? Yes. Oh, God, thank you. Yes. <laughs> He's just, I needed some right in the world. There is this wonderful, like, humbleness about him, actually. In my, in, you know, in the brief interactions I've ever had with him. Did you touch him? Like no, a, I'm not going to touch that. I just feel like his hugs, would, <laughs> his hugs would be so nice. I want him to be the godfather of my child. I just trust right. him to read stories to them and making it work, making it work. And I think what's great is he became our Tim Gunn so late in his life that he is still his own Tim Gunn, you know? Yeah. That's who he truly is. Nothing took nothing took him over. He's just mm-hmm. that nice guy that makes literally makes it work for everyone. He had hope in everyone in Project right. Runway, and I loved it. Because remember, at the end of the day, he's a teacher. Yeah. He's still, he's a teacher. That's what he did for that. years, he taught, you know? He cares. He it's does. It's so nice to see somebody that genuinely cared <laughs> about, like, the, everyone in the competition. He really cared. Right. He, like, teared up a lot. He did, and so he loved bad. to watch them, you know, 
go through their arc and all of that. And yeah. grow, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny that we're saying that because like the Great British bra- Baking Show, that's oh, commonplace. Okay. <laughs> like it, <laughs> in, in American television, it's fucking weird. When, yeah, it's uh, right. like, Hold on. You, you, you want me to care about the contestants? No, I'm going to make fun of them when they suck. Right? I'm so happy to hear that he actually is that wonderful. Right. I'm like really happy about yeah. it. Not over it yet. <laughs> so I, I have a question that sure. I actually wanted to um, ask you. It's very, very specific. Um, has there ever been a, a, like a point in a movie or a Broadway show that you saw where you thought that the costume designer like legitimately just missed a mark based on character? All the time. So, <laughs> so like what, what is a good example of Dish like for, for, for like yeah. literal well I mean without calling people out I guess. What, what like as, as a stupid clothing person as I am because I don't even know what a mm-hmm. Pearl Dude, snap? your Boba Pearl, Fett shirt is sweet. Thank you. I like my Boba right. Fett shirt. Um, Pearl snaps. <laughs> Explain it so I would understand. Um, <laughs> here's the situation. We, as 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 designers, and I can't speak for my fellow uh, other aspects of design, you know, set, that sort of thing. As costume designers, we should not have to give the excuse of not, well, I don't know what they wore because our greatest ally in design is we have hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of years of paintings. And if you want to know what Queen Elizabeth looked like, there's about hundreds of paintings of Queen Elizabeth. Mm -mm. So when you stray Mm -hmm. away from, and there's some people that get really in depth. They're like, but in 1967, it changed to this. And you're like, okay, got it, got it. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Um, but it's, it's tough when you do sit there and you're like, they would never wear that. They would never. And a lot of times it is, uh, television and films back in like the seventies and the eighties that were trying to depict, um, other eras. There's still, you know, like when you go back and you watch even a BBC production of, I don't know, like the cherry orchard, but they still have like a 1980s blowout. Like yeah, that's no, no, the yeah. funny thing to me when you look back and you're like, but this isn't, that's now. Um, it doesn't work. Or when they did like Greek stuff and they, you're just like, that's not how togas that, work. Right, exactly. That's or, yeah, not like, a toga. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking from the 40s, but like it was like um, bullet bras and like ancient Rome, that kind oh, of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, no, that's, that's not it. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's fun because people, you know, they want to be able to, you want to be able to be stay true to the era as right. well because it's it's history. Like you're putting history on film or, or you know. Um, also, the biggest thing actually more than they got it wrong is I have a problem when I'm looking at things and I'm like, well, that's impractical. Like, <laughs> she, like oh, yeah. Danny wears pants. Of course she wears pants. She We're going back to Game horses. of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, ri- she rides horses and she rides dragons. She has to have leather pants on. Yeah. Like Those dragons don't feel good between right. your legs. That oh. costume designer would have her in like cute little dresses and she's trying to get on this dragon. Right. You know. Well, I guess uh, another part of it is, I mean, like character-wise, we're talking about like, the, we've talked about the evolution of characters and, and that kind of thing. Um, I, like the the soul of what I was asking was like, was there like a character that ever walked on screen and once you got to them, I'm like, why are they fucking wearing that? Oh, off the top of my head. Like, if you can't think of anything, it's fine. I just know, I, I was wondering if there was anything yeah, that ever stuck out to you. I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My f- question is going to seem really superficial when we get to it. So. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, the biggest I- issue I had was, remember in Knight's Tale? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Knight's Tale so much, though. <laughs> Go. Total missed opportunity. Total missed opportunity. Because you had this wonderful soundtrack that was 
underplaying that whole movie. Yeah. Oh, it was so fun. This was Heath like, Ledger, too, This right? was Heath, yeah. Heath Ledger. Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was this oddly contemporary music soundtrack yeah. going. Which is right. cool. Which was totally and cool. As, as much as I did not enjoy Marie Antoinette, they knew what they were doing, and they did it. That was the Kirsten Dunst. Remember that yeah. Kirsten right. Dunst yeah, yeah, one? Yeah. Um, you know, the powdered wigs, that sort of thing, and Converse, which was great. But... <laughs> A Knight's Tale, it was actually more frustrating to be like, you missed the mark. You missed, you you had such a beautiful opportunity here. And, and you didn't do it. And you didn't do it. You I didn't agree do with it. that for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Like, okay, that, that, that's interesting to me, yeah. I, I just, because in, uh, with um, all of the stuff that's been going on, especially with recent big blockbusters, I just I just recently saw Black Panther, and it was amazing. I don't know if you guys have seen it at the time of recording. I have not, but I am seeing it on Sunday. and can't wait. Oh, me too. <laughs> It's. I, I would be interested because I. I looked up some of the like some of the stuff about the costume designer because it's just breathtakingly gorgeous. Yeah. Every aspect of it. So, because uh, every time I see something that's so good, there's always in the back of my mind like, has there ever ever been a point where like even in a big blockbuster? So I guess Knight's Tale is an example of like a character would not wear that. It would not wear that. You know who? Is, you know what the number one example of that is that always bothered me, and they finally and back me up on this, Bill Murray. They yeah. finally got mm-hmm. it right with. Um, Black Widow, all of the superhero girls in high heels. Absolutely so not. Stupid. Yes. So dumb. So stupid. Yeah. Do, do you remember those like wedges that um, uh. Batgirl had, Alicia Silverstone? Well, that Pointless. whole thing. You can't run around in them. I don't care yeah. what they said in Jurassic World. You, yeah. That's stupid. It's a jumbo. Oh. She would have been <laughs> in the dirt, like literally poking holes in the dirt. So yep. mad. No, Makes me so yeah. mad. So mad. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So mad. Oh. They, they got kind of taken to task over oh, there. I remember they did. That. that. Oh, they did. Her adjustment of I'm not hair and makeup but that hair going from being perfectly quaffed to like a blowout frizz mess by <laughs> yeah. the end though nicely done winning yeah. winning Jurassic World nicely winning done. I was like yes taking guns it's interesting that he just brought up like high heels and superheroes because like it was such a convention for so long especially in the in the actual drawn comics that that's right. what it was and it's like practically no of course you wouldn't it makes your legs look it. good but your legs but don't need to look good when you're kicking ass. I was going to say, if you're exactly. fighting crime, you, <laughs> also if you're fighting crime, yeah. your legs are going to look good no matter what because you're fucking muscle bound. That is <laughs> true. Right. That. And here's the thing. I I completely understand what they did with Wonder Woman with the fact that she was wearing the armor that she grew up around. Yeah. As, yeah. You know, But I'm going to be interested to see if Wonder Woman in Wonder Woman 2 if they're going to give her pants Wait, underneath did, that skirt. Did Wonder Woman have heels on? Did I miss something? Or no, I'm talking about her, her skirt. Oh, the skirt. Her yeah. outfit. She had, she had like... A short um, piece. Yeah, she, but her shoes did have like some elevation in the, the back, I think. I, I mean, they were you like, always oh, want like a nice little... little I was say, like, you want a nice boot heel? But like, I mean, like, you, you know, can make them cozy. Even my running <laughs> shoes like have extra cushion on the heel. So like, mm-hmm. it's not abnormal to have a little bit of rise. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, you know, you want a little a little heel on a boot, you know? Otherwise, it looks a little weird. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I actually, apparently, the difference in costume design from uh, Wonder Woman to just uh, the, was it Justice League that yeah, had yeah. the Amazons in it again? And the costume design was like completely oh, different. Oh, they got ripped People for that. I'm, I was mad about it. Well, you take all their it. clothes away when you just like, hey, remember the costumes? Let's just take away the remember costumes. Remember the, ama- like, the amazing, like, <laughs> practical right? armor costumes? Like, I. Like I, I read yeah. a, and also just the amazing choreographed scenes of them training in yes. the beginning of the film. So yeah, good. and you're taught, and, and 
there is such a fine line as a costume designer between sexy and trashy. <laughs> and and it's, it is. It's actually the removal of clothes. Yeah. Um, clothing and, like, where are you going to cut things? And that's sort of, you know. You can be sexy and completely covered. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck well, actually, yeah. Uh, really quickly on armor again, because, you know, as I'm, I'm a big armor. Um, uh, the Ant-Man Wasp movie hasn't come out yet. I don't know if it's going to be out by the time this, this premieres. Um, but the Ant-Man Wasp got a lot of flack because of Wasp's armor. Now, when you look at the design of Ant-Man's armor versus Wasp's armor, the face of an ant and the face of a wasp are on them. It's actually pretty cool when you look at that. Mm -hmm. However, when you also look at Wasp's armor, it's not a flat, like, it's not flat on the front. It's boob-shaped for the front of her armor. <laughs> and any, any swords person will tell you if, if the sword is going to get deflected down towards the center, that does not help your situation. No. no, no. no. So the armor is, com like, it's, it becomes completely impractical armor because you're like, boob-shaped because she's well, girl. I will say yeah. at least, like, Xena, she did have the boob-shaped thing, but she kept, like, a little dagger right in the center that helped protect her. So, like, there are some boob shapes that worked for me. It, it, I mean, I'm not. Zena's <laughs> boob shape worked for you. Yes, it did. <laughs> I mean, but that's but that's why like musketeer. I, I guess quick tangent. You're, I mean, you're the you're the expert, so mm -hmm. uh, either back me up or completely tear me down. Musketeer armor is wedged um, out so that it's protruding in the middle because that way it would deflect away from the body and it was actually oh. more protective. And that's why that like it stopped bullets legitimately because that. of the way it was shaped. Right. So when yeah. you have boobs pushing stuff in. It actually, it, no. I, if I was to go into battle as a woman, if I was to go into battle, I would not want. I love the a beginning of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I would not. Well, I'm a Hufflepuff, you know. She so is. at the end of the day, I'm, she's going to go into battle if she's got friends that are in I, danger. It, that's oh, yeah. the only. I, I had a. This is a side tangent, and you can do what you want with this information. But Please. I was, I was. This was a couple years ago. We were doing Pottermore at my old job, and my my Pottermore. I'm like. A Hufflepuff, of course, and I'm a red squirrel Patronus, and oh, my yeah. wand is ten and a half inches and willow. <laughs> and my my coworker, he came over and he looked down at my Pottermore uh, landing page, and he went, "That was that's the lamest oh. Pottermore I have ever oh. seen." Oh, no. And he goes, "How are you supposed to fight anybody?" And I went, "I don't want to fight anybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I don't." Squirrels no, are feisty. Squirrels are totally Heck feisty. Yeah. And it's a tiny Patronus. And Ooh. yeah, I love it. But it's still, a Patronus is still powerful. So that little squirrel is going to kick true. And probably fast. And my dog, I'm a dog Patronus. So oh. my dog would chase your squirrel Patronus. And damn, would it be cute. They'd be the cutest <laughs> thing in the world. Um, so we're, we're close to time. So Josh, sorry. Josh, so no, no, no. Do not apologize. <laughs> Josh, you had a thing. All right. No, no. It's okay. It might not be the strongest question to finish on. But I had a question about Broadway, about Broadway costuming. And oh, things yeah. Like that. Oh, no. I actually like this question. You told me what it was. It's a good way to end, okay. in my opinion. So I, I always kind of have this idea of costume designers and the people who assemble these costumes as basically like miracle workers who have this trove of old costumes from previous shows and they're told to construct new ones with it uh, and that's a lot of it but I got a I got a, a unofficial backstage tour at Wicked one time and mm. I saw Elphaba's like second act dress and they told me the price tag on it yeah and I it was like some hundreds of thousands it was over a hundred thousand dollars yeah for this one what? outfit that she wore in one scene I was wondering, like, how how often does that happen for a Broadway show? Um, it depends. I would say I I do know this. So there is nothing a costume designer would want more than to be contracted by Disney, right? Because you're just going to get thrown money. Uh, mm -hmm. They're just oh, yeah. going to throw you money. Um, <laughs> Aladdin has all Swarovski crystals. The whole thing is done in just, and it glitters the whole it stage. I saw it. It's I did not. beautiful, visually really? stunning. Mm -hmm. 
And there is even day workers, specifically at Wicked, um, there are people, because there's day workers before, you know, for a Broadway show that come in and they do the laundry and they do the presets. But there is an entire, a couple of um, team members, I don't know how many, but their specific day work some days is just beating, and that's on a lot of Broadway shows, where they have to come in and do fix-its of the beating on Glinda's dress. Just thinking about that. Beating with a a D, With a D, with a D, beating. Um, And it's the same thing with Aladdin. And so... What you're paying, what what the cost of that dress is, is because so many costumes in movies and on really the Broadway stage, because you're that close, Mm -hmm. they're what's considered couture. It's it's couture work. And so that means that it's all hand done. And so it's hand done applique and it's hand done cutting and there's nothing factory about it. So the price tag is actually about the workmanship that also goes into it. It's a lot but of But also in the fabric. Like, fabric's yeah. expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's why the best, my favorite thing in the world is Cinderella's dress, right? In this new Cinderella. Right. Okay. That's That was the biggest task a costume designer had because it's one of the most iconic oh, yeah. dresses in history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the price tag on it. We should maybe fax. But it's, yeah, look it up. It'll pop up. Beautiful, and I think they had to make two of them. And the way they made the illusion of her waist, because people were upset at her waist. They were like, "They cinched her so much. They cinched her." No, her skirt is so big; it's an optical illusion. Oh, that's why her waist is so small. But did you look it up? Did you find no, it? I haven't found it yet. Oh. But I, I just—I I was laying up about the optical illusion thing. That's yeah. so cool. They're like, yeah, "Oh my gosh!" You know, that. they got her below Scarlett O'Hara. Scarlett O'Hara's waist, of course, was cinched, and they got her down to like what twenty-two, some ridiculous That's amount. I was talking about "For Gone with the Wind." For Gone with oh, the God, Wind, yeah, it was tiny, right? Tiny, but tiny. when you have a skirt that big, your waist is going to look smaller. Oh yeah, right. Um, I use that trick. I use that trick. Sometimes. It's a great <laughs> trick. You know, you put a nice big skirt on, and then you, yeah. You got a great waist. Did you find it yet? I'm not finding anything specific for it. Yeah, um, I'm not finding a price tag. I'm getting photos. Ooh. I'm getting like. Oh, oh actually, oh, I just found okay. something that might that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. How, oh, this is in pounds, so it wouldn't be for Broadway. Never mind. Um, but this one says West eleven thousand pounds counts? per dress, but I don't know if that's accurate. Eleven thousand pounds for per, per dress is what it's saying. For, I don't know. That sounds about right for Cinderella's dress. Yes. Um, but actually, really quickly, fun name drop fact um, before we uh-huh. close everything out. I actually know um, the girl who's touring as Cinderella right Aww. now, Tatiana. Uh-huh. She's wonderful. I actually am probably going to end up reaching out to her because she's just a, a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, we, right. went to, we went to the same college. And I really want to geek out with her about Pokemon because that's something that's really <laughs> exciting. Anyway, um, we no we are unfortunately out of time. We're at a forty five oh, minute mark. No. Like, yeah, like this. I still have to talk about comedy and costuming. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, you know oh. what? I am more than happy to have you back on because this okay. was absolutely this wonderful. Joy and great. costuming. Yeah, I mean, I learned so much. And <laughs> I, Pearl Snap. <laughs> Pearl Snap. <laughs> great yolks. Great yolks. All kinds of stuff. So thank you so much again for coming yeah, on the show. So oh my gosh! Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're all so delightful. You're so cool. <laughs> no, you're cool. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, to, to wrap everything up again, I am uh, Peter the Geek. I am hashtag kill Josh. I'm Bill Murray. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I leveled up today. I don't know about you guys, but enjoy, and we'll see you at the next level. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you liked Geek XP, help us out by becoming a contributor on our Patreon. We have bonus content, raffles, and more at patreon.com slash yourgeekxp. 
Geek XP is recorded live at Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Peter Hargard. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FLU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Peter Hargarden, the senior producer of podcasts here, and on behalf of everyone who worked on the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To connect with the geeks, follow us at Your Geek XP on Facebook and Twitter. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com. Boom!